Hello, everyone. I am here in Cleveland, Ohio. I am recording this on a cell phone. I have a beard. I have a pink hoodie. And I'm 25 years old. I am also a world champion. You may know me as Johnny Gargano. And you are listening to the Ohio Indie Report. Hey, Doug. I think it's about time we put on for this city, man. They're looking like we forgot or something. Never that. Man, I'm so Cleveland. It's a goddamn shame. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, this is Pedro DeLuca, and now it is time for your main event of the evening. Introducing your host from Northeast Ohio, he is heavy set, and now here is the Ohio Indie Report. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Ohio Indie Report, and this is a jam-packed episode, and I really can't waste any time. I mean, I'm going to first apologize for not getting any type of preview, I mean, not preview, a review out for the JLIT sooner. I mean, granted, you're going to hear it in this, but um, recently... I've been in schooling to get my CDL license, and it's just, in between that and some of the other shows that I'm a part of, sitting down and doing this was going to take time that I was not wanting to take. And I, I completely, completely apologize for that, but we we are on our way to Absolution before we get into Absolution, which there's a lot to talk about there. Let's let's review a little bit of what happened at the JLIT over a month ago. Two-day event. It just, it was amazing. And... One thing you're, you're going to hear me talk about uh, probably a lot is, like was mentioned on the previous two episodes, there was the bracket for the Bucks where you got to pick who you thought was going to win in the tournament, very much like an NCAA tournament. And I won a, a game. Didn't mean to. I mean, I'm, I'm 100% serious. If you did not know, you didn't follow the Ohio report on Twitter. Yeah, I won completely didn't mean to but yeah i what, what did i win i didn't win money like for the gauntlet for the cache instead i won the dvds for the jailet which i will be receiving on sunday and on top of that i won a free ticket to sunday's event of absolution so i mean that worked out for me like i said i'm doing the schooling so that's taking money out of my pocket and have a free ticket i mean this has worked out perfect for me and so i get to give you the ohio indie report and we get to talk about absolution but you know before flipping back and forth back and forth before we get into the jaylet let's talk about this sunday real quick just the details for the card and we'll get back into it again later absolution 8 this sunday june 30th 6 30 p.m bell time at turner's hall 7325 guthrie avenue cleveland ohio tickets are still 15 dollars. get them before they go offline and like always online pre-orders get in first but if you can't make it that is still not an excuse what we're gonna have we are having when we it's aiw live eye pay-per-view and you will get to see this on smartmark video at www.smvod.com and quickly going through this card you're gonna have 
Ethan Page versus Johnny Gargano, Hope and Change versus the Batiri, with Veronica Ticklefeather for the AIW Tag Team Titles, and it is Titles versus AIW Careers, Youth in Asia versus Nixon, BJ Whitmer versus Chris Dickinson for the Intense Title, a no DQ match, there must be a winner, Michael Elgin versus Josh Alexander, Lewis Linden versus ACH, a bunk house brawl with the Submission Squad going up against Old School Express, and Tracy Smothers, the Jollyville Fuckets versus the Sex Bombs. The return of the Sex Bombs, might I add, because Matt Fitchett is back. Tim Dons versus the returning Michael Hutter, aka WWE's Derek Bateman, and the title match. Eric Ryan will defend the Absolution title up against Colin Delaney, but we will get into much, much more of that in the second half of the show. But let's talk Jalen. There is a lot to talk about here. And I already know how the second half of the show is going to go, so I got to kind of speed this up. The Jaylet, wow. Going going by my notes, I wish I would have kept my winning bracket. But we have the opening match, which was Bobby Beverly versus Kimberly. And Bobby Beverly did not take it light on Kimberly at all. And there was at one point in the match that you just got your fucking head kicked in chant did start because of that. And what seemed to be like a big surprise, Kimberly actually came out with the win when she ducked a kick and caught Bobby Beverly with a pin. Moving on to the next match, we had Gary J versus Davey Vega. I'm going to be shooting through these results as quick as I can. And Davey Vega managed to get the win over Gary J. Next up was Lewis Linden versus Tadarius Thomas. Really hope I got that right. Sorry, Veda. And Lewis Linden continued his streak by beating Tadarius Thomas. Chris Dickinson made easy work of Nasty Nate and advanced to the next round. Oh, this match. This this next match was great. Veda Scott versus Marion Fontaine. And Gregory Iron was ringside for the match. And it, this match was very entertaining. And the one thing I'll say about the Jadlet as a whole, there was not. There was not one single week match on the card. A two-day event. Hours upon hours of wrestling. And I will throw out this. If you want do if you do want more on the Jaylet, some more in-depth analyzation of the event, please feel free to check out our friends here of the show, Uncle Mike and Tom. They did an excellent breakdown of how everything went a couple episodes ago, right at, right after the the event happened. So they are going to be able to tell you a lot more than I can a month later. I'm just shooting through these results, like I said, as quick as I can. But Fontaine did try to swoon Veda Scott. And he actually did manage to win. And then after after the match happened, after it was over, the Batiri's music hit and out came Veronica Ticklefeather, and she issued a warning to Gregory Iron and Veda Scott. And then the next match was Ricky Shane Page versus Colin Delaney, and Eric Ryan was ringside, and while the referee was distracted, helped Ricky Shane Page in beating Colin Delaney. Uh, at this point of the night, we did get an intermission, and we've seen the son and daughter of JT Lightning, Hannah and Mike Lightning, come out. They uh, did a little speech. Hannah started off, said a couple things to the crowd, and then Mike said a couple things, asked for his girlfriend to come in the ring, and right there, in the middle of the ring, he proposed to his girlfriend, and she said yes, in what what a fitting way, to propose at the Jaylet when you're Mike Lightning. It, it, it was a great moment. And, and currently, I mean, that, that's the thing at the Jaylet. We have seen proposals at both of them last year. It was... Madman Pano proposing to Crazy Mary Dobson. So, hey, what will we happen next year at the next j Up next, after the intermission, we had 
Josh Prohibition versus BJ Whitmer. And BJ Whitmer managed to get J-Pro to tap. And already at this point, we knew that we would see BJ Whitmer versus Chris Dickinson in day two. Something that I said in the preview. Now the reason why I won. <laughs> and next up, we had Ethan Page versus Silesia Sparks. And one thing that approved in this match, Silesia is one tough bitch. I put that on Twitter. And the tweet actually went hashtag JLit at Sleazy Sparks is a tough bitch. But she was no match for all ego as Ethan Page took Sleazy to hell and advanced to the next round. Michael Elgin was up next against Biff Busick, and, you know, I was not really sold on Biff Busick a lot. I mean, I was starting to warm up to him, but this match was quite, quite entertaining. Michael Elgin, you'll hear me later say he cannot, or really, he has not, put together a bad match in AIW yet. And this match showed it. And even with that being said, Elgin managed to walk away victorious, getting his first win in AIW as of late. After that, we had ACH and the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. This was a must-see and an absolute classic. Words cannot describe this match on my part, but Josh Alexander continued his role in AIW. And then up next, which I have a lot to say about this match... Tim Donst versus Adam Cole. You know what? I'm not a guy that's 100% sold on Tim Donst, and I was the only one in the crowd. The only one in the crowd that was chanting, Tim fucking Donst sucks. The only one to add that word sucks to the magnificent chant that everybody likes to chant of Tim fucking Donst. He managed to call me out a little bit, call me a a fucker and a bunch of other shit that you maybe see on the DVD. We'll find out soon. But no matter what, proving my point that Tim fucking Donst sucked, he lost to Adam Cole. Adam Cole pinned Tim fucking Donst. But more on Tim Donst later. And then at this point, we were up to the main event of the evening. Johnny Gargano versus M-Dog Matt Cross. Two of JT Lightning's prized students, his prized pupils. And the match started off with a JT Lightning chant. A chant that went on many times throughout the weekend, and rightfully so. But at the end of the first night, Johnny Gargano pinned Matt Cross in a nothing less than awesome, nothing less than amazing match. Like I said before, Johnny Gargano and M-Dog can... You get these guys in the ring, especially when Josh Prohibition is in it, or just any combination of those three, the match is always fantastic and very enjoyable, especially in Cleveland. But let's move on to the next day. Okay, there was the JLit Fan Fest. Tried to tweet out as much as I could from the Fan Fest, but let's put it this way. I about drained my battery on both days. I think my battery might have died at the end of the day, too. Tried to record, um, charging it up when I could. But you heard me say that I was going to try to win the auction to win a date with Veda Scott. Well, I was put to my max. My max bid was $105, and even if I did the $105, I would have been counting up change that I knew that I had. But unfortunately, (sighs) I lost $110. A bunch of stuff went on during this time. They are actually in the ring for their whole date. And I I will say this, and it's, it's not a knock against the dude. I would have been much more entertaining than he was... 
the submission squad came in the ring and kind of said a few things. I mean, I would have gotten their faces. I would I would have had some fun with it. Because if I would have paid what I had, $105, to win a date with Veda Scott, I would have made it memorable. And because we were in the middle of the ring, not many fans get to be in the middle of the ring. Why not have some fun? And that would have been one of them. Things that I would have done. Then up next, we had a dance-off day two, or I mean year two of the dance-off. And last year's winner, ACH, was challenged by none other than Kimberly. And I actually, I did tweet it out that Kimberly had the ass to win. And I think it went three rounds. Might have been, I can't remember, two or three rounds. And a tie-breaking vote, because we were split, the crowd was split. And the tie-breaking vote of three people, who I can't remember off the top of my head. Kimberly is your new J-Lit Dance-Off champion. Up next, we moved on to the J-Lit Dating Game with Sleazia Sparks and our mystery contestants were none other than Colin Delaney, Tim Donst, and Jacques Sampson. A dating game that you can find on AIW's YouTube, youtube.com slash AI Wrestling. So you can see the whole thing there. And actually, you'll hear it at the end of the show. Throw it on there as a little end of the show surprise, but even though I'm telling you. And then after this, which AIW has yet to release, the J-Lit behind the curtain with none other than Tracy Smothers. And he, he talked a lot uh, about many things. Some things that I, di- I did not take note of. I'm, I really want to watch it again. But the things that I did happen to tweet out about is he did mention Derek Bateman, a.k.a. Michael Hutter. And he said, you know, why the hell would WWE let him go? And then he eventually did move on to talking about TNA slash Impact Wrestling and how, how much he really doesn't care for Sting and Hogan and how they're dinosaurs and are, are taking up so much money on the roster. And he, he made sure to add that, that he was wasn't saying anything that he wouldn't say to their faces because he didn't give a shit. He also happened to mention that some of his favorite matches he's been in were against Chris Candido, Cassius Ono, aka Chris Hero, and none other than CM Punk. All I'm going to say is this is something that I want to see AEW release so we can see it in full. But let's move on to the matches of day two. Ethan Page pinned Davey Vega. Lewis Linden lost to Kimberly. Michael Elgin beat Ricky Shane Page. Chris Dickinson versus BJ Whitmer ended in a double countout. Then immediately restarted by Matt Wadsworth. And then quickly ending in a no contest. And it was announced immediately after that that we will see BJ Whitmer versus Chris Dickinson at Absolution. Johnny Gargano made Adam Cole tap. And some people say that Johnny Gargano Gargano versus Adam Cole was no doubt a match of 2013. Up next in a non-tournament match, Mickey Knuckles faced Tim fucking Dance sucks. Oh, and there was more to happen with me and him during that match. And the match was turned into a no DQ match. Tim Donst did beat Mickey Knuckles as a result of referee stoppage. And after the match, Tim Donst called out Michael Hutter and challenged him to a match at Absolution 8. After that was a match sponsored by our friends at Four Corners Radio. You can find them at 4crwrestling.com. And it was Jock Sampson versus Tracy Smothers. And this match went about 20, 25 minutes long, but it was just a whole bunch of shit that happened. Tracy Smothers cutting a promo. Jock Sampson cutting one back. Turned into a dance-off at one part. 
And then Pierre Abernathy and Evangelistico came out and interfered. And then Jock Samson challenged them to a tag team match with Tracy Smothers. And then after some hesitation, Tracy Smothers did agree to help Jock Samson. So right in there, we had the tag team match of Tracy Smothers and Jock Samson versus Pierre Abernathy and Evangelistico. A.K.A. to our friend of the show, Jock Samson, Frenchie and the fucker. And Jock Samson and Tracy Smothers did manage to beat Frenchie and the fucker to give the submission squad their first loss in a year a fact that you will not hear later on in my special preview of Absolution because I kind of forgot who won and lost this match at that point. So please forget that. And after that match, we had Michael Elgin versus Josh Alexander. And Michael Elgin did manage to beat Josh Alexander, but it was because Josh Alexander was suffering from problems from his ear. I believe it was some cauliflower ear, and it was really, really bad in between day one and day two. He did have his head wrapped up against his match versus Marion Fontaine, but that seemed to be a, a much easier match than going up against Michael Elgin. And Michael Elgin tried to convince Josh to just give in and, you know, not, not put himself through that. Josh said he wasn't going to just bow out of the jailet like that. He came to win, and Elgin made easy work of him right after that. After the match, Michael Elgin did challenge Josh Alexander to a match at Absolution when Josh is in better condition. It was immediately accepted, and right there we had another match for Absolution. And Michael Elgin promised that this match will be one of the best wrestling matches you will ever see. One reason you should go order Absolution 8 right now. And then in another semifinals match, we've seen Johnny Gargano versus Kimberly with Johnny Gargano getting the win. After this, it was Hope and Change, Gregory Iron and Veda Scott versus the Jollyville Fuckets. And this match was very entertaining, especially with Team Money. The, I'm, I'm warming up a little bit to the Fuckets, but I still want to see more out of them. But Hope and Change did win and retained their tag team titles. And then after the match, Veronica Ticklefeather came out and challenged Hope and Change to a match at Absolution for the Batiri. Now, this wouldn't be just a normal match of Hope and Change versus the Batiri. It will be tag team titles versus career. Up next, we had ACH beating Biff Busick. And then after the match, Lewis Linden came out and attacked ACH, stating that he wasn't done yet. And then up next was Colin Delaney versus Eric Ryan in a dream tag team partner match. While Eric Ryan came out and his partner was Bobby Beverly to reunite the young studs. Colin Delaney, his tag team partner, was none other than M-Dog Matt Cross, calling themselves Team Two Good Beards. And then when the referee wasn't looking, Eric Ryan hit Colin Delaney with the absolute championship and managed to steal the victory. And after this, we had the main event of the evening, the finals. Ethan Page versus Michael Elgin versus Johnny Gargano. First person to be eliminated was Michael Elgin, so there we had it. Page versus Johnny Gargano and who would manage to come out of this victorious? None other than the man that kicks Silesia Sparks to the curb, Ethan Page. And I'm, I'm telling you, this is a must-see event. There is no words that I can say, that Four Corners Radio could say, that Uncle Mike and Tom could say. This match, this event, it's well worth the price of the DVD. It was the, worth the price of the mission, plus more. And you should run over to AIWrestling.com or SmartMarkVideo.com and pick this event up. You will thank me later. But for right now, 
we got to get in to Absolution. There's a lot to talk about, and I decided to do something a little different this time. I've had guests on. I've had Jock Sampson. I've had Aaron Bauer. And I had Veda Scott. And I felt, you know what? As much as I originally wanted to have somebody big on, to have a Johnny Gargano on, to have a Gregory Iron on, having Michael Hutter on isn't 100% out the window for a special episode, but who would I have on to talk about this event? So I decided, why not, instead of looking to the people that are employed by AIW, that work for AIW, that are in the ring for AIW, why don't I look outside? Why don't I look to a fellow fan who loves AIW as much as I do and is willing to talk about AIW as much as I do? So I put out some feelers. I actually had one person who wanted to be on the show, but due to the time that we were doing this, they happened to not be feeling good. So I had to go to the next person in line, and I went to the guy who actually is not only was he behind the Jaylet tailgating party, he is behind the Absolution 8 tailgate, and it's something... If you're you're coming to the event, definitely come out. It's going to be a Sunday. He says you'll hear that... It's 3 o'clock, he's going to be there by 2.30 in the afternoon, and we work on, We want to grill out, have some fun. It's going to be an epic, epic day, and he is none other than my fellow fan of Dustin Alberti. Hope I don't pronounce his last name right, because I never call him by his last name. But I hope you enjoy hearing from not only me as a fan, but someone else as a fan, and who enjoys the project as much as I do. So, right now we're going to go into a little piece that was played on a show that I'm, I'm actually friends with. Friends of the show, Jason Rivera and Johnny Landon, have their own show on the Cart Subject Change Network on blogtalkradio.com. And they had Derek Bateman on. Not only did they have Derek Bateman on, a.k.a. Michael Hutter, but they had Tim Donston. And I have the audio. AIW has the, also has the audio on their YouTube page. So let's get into that. And after that, we'll be back with me and Dustin as we talk Absolution 8. We do have a surprise for you. Uh, we have a number uh, calling in. I believe this might be your opponent at AIW Absolution, uh, Tim Dunst. Oh. Am, am I correct? Is, is this Tim Dunst? I am Tim Dunst. You are correct. Oh, well, do you have hello, anything Tim. to say it's, now? Uh, Michael Hunter. There we go. Nice to hear you. Nice to hear your voice. Uh, you too. I just wanted to say uh, I appreciate it so much that you respect me. Uh, but the fact of the matter is I don't respect you. I wanted to just call in to make sure you know that. Because I would have respected sure. you a whole lot more if you uh, would have just called it quits after getting released from your dream job instead of trying to take my spot in AIW. <laughs> wow. See, see, guys, like, this is the perfect opponent for me right there. Like, this is the guy who is going to re-spark my passion for wrestling, like I, I'm so happy you said that. I'm so happy you have zero respect for me, and I'm so happy you want to protect your turf because it gives me something to fight for. Not your respect so much, but to prove you wrong. And your turf, your turf was mine. It's gonna be mine again. And, and that's fine if you can talk all the shit that you want to talk. Quite frankly, but the fact of the matter is, I think your passion is probably gone because AIW is not gonna have catering. It's not gonna have trainers. It's not going to have any of that jazz that you're used to. So you might want to make sure you still love this business as much as you're claiming. Well, you know what? I will have uh, my skull pouches. I will have my gallon of coffee, and I will have my pemmican beef jerky. I don't need catering, and I don't need pyro. And I will be there in the ring, regardless if it's 20 feet by 20 feet, 18 by 18, or 16 by 16. I will be there, and I will be staring you dead in the eyes. And I am so... Damn excited. So, 
Awesome. I can't wait to make you look like a fool. All right. Next, Tim. To kick your ass, man. This will be good. <laughs> Tim, good. I, think, I think Tim has a good chance of, uh, of beating Derek because, I mean, uh, or Michael, I should say, because his win-loss record isn't that good. So uh, Tim might actually pull this out. Well, you never know. Hey. All speculative. We'll have to tune in and see. But I mean, so so how do you feel about that, Michael? Of course, Tim Don's saying you've gone soft, if uh, if I can actually interject here uh, in his words, for lack of a, a better well, term. Uh, what do you think about that? I, hope, I mean, he's, I don't know if he's still there, and I hope he is. I mean, we're going to no, I'm still here because I want to hear what, what your uh, rebuttal is to that. Like, yeah, okay, you, you say I, I may have gone soft and, you know, pampered and, you know, made some money in the industry. You know, I saw some perks of it. But another thing is that, like, I had four years of just angst, like, just driving me and anger built up inside me. Like, because like, you come so close to something and it's taken from you when you know you're better than people, like, that drives you and is going to drive me to just, dominate you in a physical manner that you have yet to experience. Because I know, like, you get slapped in the face or you take a Brody Lee kick to the brain. Like, you like to get hit, and that's awesome because I've been waiting to hit someone for a very long time. I think it's awesome, uh, Mike, that you want to make a name for yourself. I think it's great that you still claim to love professional wrestling. But unfortunately, I'm the dude that's uh, up and coming, and you're not going to make a name off of me back on the indies. Well, who's to say? We shall see. We'll find out. We shall. AIWrestling.com. iPay-per-view. Be sure to tune in. All right, we're back here on the High Windy Report, and this time, like I said, if I'm going to do a a preview show for uh, ABSO, it's got to be special, and I just did the interview with... With Veda Scott, definitely one of my favorites. So it's like, how do you top that? Well, I had to think outside the box on this one. And what better way to talk about Abso with a fellow fan, not just not someone who works with AIW, works for AIW, but a fellow fan, someone who paid a mission and is going to see Absolution. I mean, I didn't pay Absolute. I'm not paying for this uh, show because I got free, but that's a different story. But we are here with Dustin, fellow AIW fan. Hey, hi. How are you? And you're not you're not no normal just any AIW fan. I mean, you do have the one thing of I mentioned it actually on the one of the last shows that there have we had the Jaylit cookout which didn't show up as well as we hoped. But you are doing the Abso cook uh, tailgate. Yes, the absolute tailgate, which rhymes. I didn't notice it until after I said tailgated absolute, and I was like, oh, it rhymes. That's a good time. It was it's 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 just a thing. Uh, definitely, if you're if you guys are coming to this and you're gonna get there early, five bucks, uh, burgers, dogs. I believe we're still doing you doing still doing pop and chips, right? Yeah, I'm gonna bring pretty much the same stuff we had last time. Uh, got burgers, dogs, chips, uh, very limited amount of sodas, bottles of water, five bucks, whatever you guys want, come get it. If we need more, I'll send somebody to the store. If you can bring your own drinks, whatever you want to do. You bring something to the grill, we'll throw it on, I'll throw it on for you, no problem. I think the only thing we need, we need for Hackle to bring the donuts. If Hackle doesn't bring the donuts, we'll see what happens to Hackle. I don't know. Have you, in your in your J-Lit review, did you talk about Hackle getting chopped? You know what? Um, I, I'm peeling back the curtain a little bit. I haven't recorded that part yet, but I will make sure yeah, I've mentioned that. So the correct answer is yes, I did talk about that. You did talk about it. If, and people need to go watch that video online. His chest, after getting chopped, swells up so quickly. That's going to happen to him again if he doesn't bring the donuts. 
I don't know who's going to hit him, but somebody will hit him if he doesn't bring the fucking donuts. Just saying. Uh, I think we can probably pay Tr- Tracy Smothers to, to kill Hackle if uh, he doesn't bring the donuts. Tracy Smothers would probably... He will kill Hackle. He Well, he'll kill everyone, apparently. Everybody will die if Hackle doesn't bring the donuts. So if Hackle doesn't bring donuts, everybody dies. Hashtag Hackle bring the donuts. We need to get that trend. Hashtag. I was trying... I want to get sweater vests. <laughs> trending at during absolution. I want to get sweater vests trending somehow. Somebody, somebody listening to this better be watching. And while they're watching it, it's hashtag abso eight, then hashtag sweater vest. That's all I want. You need to make a sign. I, I'll figure something out. Hope I'm hoping. I just went. I actually just went sweater vest shopping. I got myself a nice abso eight sweater vest. The best the thrift store had. The best the thrift store. To look good for. To look good for abso. Just has to. Probably got a Chad Zumach hand me down, but. Uh, Chad Zumach, I was wearing them before Chad Zumach. I tweeted him about it. He's a wuss. He will not tweet back to me. I'm better than him. I'm just saying I'm better than Chad Zumach. Well, on a side note, my question is, have you beat him in arm wrestling? Because a friend, of mine, a friend of mine has actually beat Chad Zumach in arm wrestling, and she beat him fair and square live on the air. I, I'm not surprised. Chad Zumach... I don't know the guy personally. I have met some people who know the guy. I feel like I'd be able to beat him in arm wrestling if it came down to it. I think somewhere we need to make this happen. AIW, um, thinking hell on earth, Chad Zumok, Dustin, arm wrestling. We, we need to get done. Yeah, then winner, winner gets the sweater vest. <laughs> Definitely, and let's let's talk about this this AIW Abso A card. Really, I have I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't been too hyped going into this, but it's not it's it's nothing bad about it because I feel like no matter what, there's hype there, and I, that like I already know that, and I'm gonna when I walk through the door and I see these matches, they're gonna blow my mind off, so I don't have to worry about it type thing. But you know, I was actually just thinking about it the other day. I was talking about how going into Jalen, there was just such like, a huge like it had a big feel to it like everybody was talking about it every wrestling and any wrestling thing you went to any website they were talking about it it was huge mm-hmm. i don't think Astro's getting enough credit for how big this card is i mean it's not a tournament and there's not like the kind of like out of nowhere names like an adam cole but every single one of these matches and i've heard other people say it in other podcasts could be a show stealer easily there's not one match on this card in my opinion that could even remotely be bad I, I definitely agree. I mean, especially with Michael Hutter, uh, aka Derek Bateman. You know, we got we got his match coming coming back from WWE. The Legend and Tracy Smothers coming back once again after being at Jaylet, teaming with Old School Express in their match. You have the name recognition of Johnny Gargano. I do feel in Cleveland like to us like Johnny Gargano. It's like yeah, it's 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 Johnny Gargano. But like you take him, you pick him anywhere. People can go, oh my God, Johnny Gargano. But uh, yeah. But that's like not saying anything, it's like not saying anything bad about him or anything. We're we're kind of spoiled to the fact, and this is definitely going to be a classic card. And he's just one excellent name on the on the card too. Yeah, I mean, think about it. He's main event in any company he goes to. Here he's going to be maybe he might be in the second half. Maybe he might be second half. Maybe second half in first page if it if it's not in the first half of the show because the card is just that full. Yeah, it's like I couldn't I couldn't even pick an order with these these guys. Especially with Ethan Page, Johnny Gargano. Um, actually, well, let's start with that match. Let's start with Ethan Page and Johnny Gargano uh, getting into this. Ethan Page trying for his, trying to like make a name for himself. You know, been connected with Sleazy Sparks for a while. Kicks her to the curb. Does his rise to the top. 
like I said before, wins at J-Lit. But on top of that, he's had Johnny Gargano in his way before he got rid of Slesia and now after. And even though he came up on the short end of the before, now he beat Johnny Gargano for the yeah. to get into the to, I mean to win the J-Lit. So and if you even think back to it, he eliminated Johnny Gargano in the gauntlet. <laughs> so there's there's that too. Johnny Gargano was in the gauntlet till Ethan Page got rid of him. That's what Ethan Page does. I don't know if people realize this yet, but Ethan Page just gets rid of people. That's what he does. I, I do love Ethan Page, the fact that he was my, my winner in the JLet tournament, but the fact that, especially if you actually go to the video, the hype video that AIW has on YouTube, youtube.com slash AI Wrestling, and you actually see when Johnny Gargano gets eliminated, you see me going crazy, but it's obviously, I'm not going crazy because of Ethan Page, I'm going because Colin Delaney was going to win that match. And yeah, yeah, I'm aware, and I told you, I told you, first of all, I told you that day, when you picked number one, I said, number one's winning it, bank it, you got the money. Then, actually, Jalen, you weren't the only one that picked Ethan Page to win. I also picked Ethan Page to win. I just didn't get as many matches right on the brackets. Do you know what would have been really screwed up? And this is 100% honest. You can ask Pat Lucy. Um, we were going over, like, we were doing the, the cookout. I mean, maybe you even heard me, too. I was talking about, like, how we've seen things going, and we had the match that pot, we could possibly get B.J. Whitmer versus Chris Dickinson. I was like, we're, we're going to get it. And I'm like, neither of them are going to win. Yeah. That was that was my original thought. But I was like, you know what? You know, we're doing this bracket. There's kind of got to be a winner. I don't want to put a no winner down. If there is, no matter if there is a winner, I look like a dumbass. Yeah. And so I put that down. And it's sure as shit when that, that match ended. I was like, you got to be kidding me. If I would have had that, people would have been pissed. Something would have been there if you would have gotten that. The people would have definitely been like, oh, yeah, sure. Sure, nobody told you. <laughs> well, it's, it's even the fact, too. I, I do this show, and I do a, a lot for promoting for AIW when I get to get the shot. They don't pay me to do this. I do this all on my own. I do the live tweeting for the shows, and ever since I started the shows, doing the live tweeting and doing this show, I've won Gauntlet for the Gold and <laughs> Jaylen. It's like, actually, when Biggins told me I won, I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> But if you if you're if you watch Jaylit and you watch me and Adam, me and Adam went Adam the other fan who normally sits next to me or around me, he um me and him were pretty much the entire time like just sit out he's like we need someone doing the whole like sitting out being scared, like just stay out, don't worry about it. As long as you win, so we figured Nobody else had Ethan Page winning because everybody else we saw it, Alexander, Gargano, Elgin, like a name that you would expect to win. I was like, just do what you're doing, just keep doing it. My question to you, who was your final three? My final three was actually, I had um, Gargano, uh, Ethan, and Veda. Ooh, I had uh, Gargano, Ethan, but I had Alexander. And ah. I, I, I seen the dynamic between those three. I thought Veda, I thought Veda was going to win the first round. I thought she was going to pull it out, find a way to win, and that would have wound up her next round match against Josh Alexander. And I thought that would have been like a complete crush. Like, she yes. managed to sneak by Fontaine, but there's no way in hell you're sneaking by Alexander. Well, I looked at it as, like, Veda wins, uh, goes on, she faces Alexander, Alexander has the battle with ACH, maybe play, like, an injury angle there, which I kind of did, even though it was a real injury, which the next morning I was there before he went to the hospital, his ear was very messed up looking, and I was surprised to see him, like, actually wrestling, but, I mean, that's how I saw it, and have her, after that, I think it would have been her versus, like, Elgin or something, and I figured she would somehow like sneak in to beat Elgin because it seems like they're really high on Vader, and I can't blame them. She's an amazing talent, but you know, I, I was really just hoping. I figured if they were putting a woman in every bracket, at least one would have to make the finals. I, I, I didn't think one was going to get to the finals, but I thought one was at least going to win first round. 
And I think yeah. what did we did we get we got two. What, did we get one or two? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Kimberly. Kimberly won one through. Okay. Yeah. But definitely yeah. Ethan Page, Johnny Gargano, like we said, it's Ethan Page, you know, trying to claw his way to the top. Pretty much unstoppable after kicking Sleazy to the to the curb, going up against Cleveland main event, the king of Cleveland, the the proper king of Cleveland. Fuck you, LeBron. And, <laughs> and and if I'm going to pick anybody to win this, I actually I think this is a toss-up because I could see it going either way and I could put an argument for both of them. I'm going to go Ethan Page. I actually am going to go Gargano, not because I don't believe Ethan Page will win, but we'll talk about what I think is going to with Ethan Page later in the night. I have a feeling I smell what you're cooking because if, it's what, I, if, it's, if, if it's what I think it is and if we get, get across of it, I, if it's what I think it is, I'll, I perfectly agree with you. Let's, let's move on to another match. Let's go with another Cleveland fave. And I think, as, as people who listen to this podcast know what I say, we're talking about the AIW tag team title match, probably the most coveted title in AIW, the most prestigious title. I'm not knocking the, the singles titles, but just this title is defended every single month. Every, I mean, obviously, besides Girls' Night Out, but we, we see these matches a lot. And we're, we hey, got, but not only that, the tag team champions were Girls' Night Out, so they're even working the, they're working the all-girls show regardless. Exactly. And we have Hope and Change versus the Batiri with Veronica Ticklefeather, and this is a titles versus AIW careers match. This uh, the, the, the tag team title lineage over the past year or so has just been amazing stories. I mean, from uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the flippy motherfuckers... Um, <laughs> The Jollyville Buckets? <laughs> the Jollyville Buckets. <laughs> All the oh. same thing. Aeroform. I forget their names because we haven't seen Aeroform in such a while. It's like, um, um that tag team we don't see anymore. Yeah, but, you know, Lewis you, Linden, I don't know where Flip Kendrick is. I heard even Canada. I don't know what I, heard. what I heard. Hashtag where's Flip. I've been saying it for a while. I agree. Where's Flip? But, I mean, we had, we had you know them with the titles, and then they lost it in a, in a spontaneous match up against Euthanasia. Euthanasia was holding it for a while, and then they got beat by the Batiri. Then the Batiri, who, who it seemed like they were on top of the world, and Hope and Change, Beta Scott, Gregory Iron, you know, they were demanding a title match. And what did they do? They beat the Batiri in not the title match they wanted, and since then they have been on a roll. And the thing that just keeps giving them their victory is the misunderstanding of the four count that if you are going to pin Gregory Iron, you need a four count, not a three count. Well, and not only that, and I've, I've noticed this, I don't think it's a misunderstanding of the four count. I think at this point, it's just the automatic, oh, I won after three, let me get up. Because like, if you watch it, there's some like, it's not like some of them are actually like, oh, it's four, we're done. It's like, oh, three, I win. Yeah, that, that, like, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, people forget about the rule. Yeah, uh, but like you said, I don't think it's forgetting as much as it is just, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like second nature after three to get up and win. Yeah. I think at that point, this is what it's at. And I, the, I can the, see the Batiri falling for that again. I could. But if I'm correct, the Batiri have fallen for it twice. They have. And, and actually, gonna... at the last time they got the shot, they kept the cover after the three. I don't know if it was Kadama or Oberian, right? Oberian and Kadama? Yeah. Yes. All right. I don't if you ask me which first... is which, I'm not going to know. And the one with the face paint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they uh, they actually kept them covered, and they kicked out at the four count. So I don't know. It, it, it definitely plays a huge, huge factor inside what's going to happen. I, I agree, and I think this is one of the the other most harder matches to call because it's like I said, it's it's the I'm looking at it like three three strikes you're out, and it's either going to be they're not going to fall for it a third time, or three strikes your career you're out. Yeah. 
a part of me does see Hope and Change winning, but a part of me does see Batiri pull, pulling it off, regaining the tag team titles. And I, I and think, I, th- I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go with the Batiri. I am actually going to agree with you and go Batiri only because I can't, like you said, I can't see the Batiri three times not being able to pull it off. I mean, they just barely lost the titles, and then they just barely didn't regain the titles. I can't see Hope and Change's luck staying that long, especially it seems like Greg and Vader having a few issues here and there. Vader's been getting the short end of the stick on that relationship for the past couple of matches. Definitely, and I, I, I can see that too. Uh, but I will say this, I, I, deep down I am hoping for Hope and Change to win because there's, they're saying that if they win, they're going to get naked in the ring, and I'm, I'm not going to be looking at Gregory Iron, but that's just me. That's what I heard, and I bet you that dude who paid $110 to go on a date with Vidgot, shaking himself in the ass right now, how that does happen. Don't, don't get me started on that guy. Really don't get me started on that guy. $110. He beat me by five bucks. If I would have kept, imagine this. Imagine if I would have kept going. Imagine if I would have, I, I would have like stopped at 130. I don't know that guy. That guy is a vampire. He said it. The man dressed up like a vampire on the weekend. All I'm gonna say is if you would have had me in that ring when the submission squad got in the ring, Pierre Abernathy and Gary J. No, Pierre Abernathy and Evangelistico. I'm sorry. Uh, as just, Jacques Sanson has said on their this, names. Ruin their names. Well, no. As Jacques Sanson said on this very show, it's Frenchie and the fucker. Frenchie and the fucker. Hey, in my opinion, submission squad, we'll get to them a little bit. Love you guys. Love them. Next match. Actually, let's, let's let's move on to that match. Let's move on to the submission squad. You know, let me let me actually take this one just because I am so bummed that submission squad do not have a title shot. I'm putting it out there. They are they were up until last show, up until Jaylet, were undefeated. They deserve the title shot. They deserve to jump in front of Batiri. Terry had two chance. They already had their chance. I feel like Smith and Squad is getting robbed. Not that I'm not looking forward to this match, not that I don't love Tracy Brothers, Jock Anthony, Mary Fontaine, because I will root for them all day. I feel like Smith and Squad is getting jipped. That's how I feel. Very strongly. You know what, I, I can understand that, but I feel like there is still some unfinished business here. And if, if I were the submission squad and I were to get this a tag team title match, I would want all my ducks behind me. All the, all them in a row and all them behind me. So I didn't have to worry about Old School Express to jump the rail like we have seen the submission squad do. I, I would want to make sure fair. nobody would want to have it out for me. So they have to end this at absolution. That's fair. And not only that, I mean, they win if they have their, they've been saying there's war on them. I'm not saying if they win, if they add WWE in the shop, there's a conspiracy. Just saying. I, I, if I they win. I think they all. I think either of these teams, whoever comes out of this, should probably get a tag team title match. Old School Express, I mean, they haven't had the best of luck. But not only that, let me ask you this. Old School Express and Tracy's mothers are on a team together. Mm-hmm. Do you give Old School Express the title shot? Or do you give the wild-eyed drunken boys the title shot and let Jack Hanson and Tracy's mothers go for the tag title? It depends on who you can get for the show. Because at the same time, if, 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 if the submission squad wins, which two are in the match? Are you going to see Frenchie and the fucker? Are you going to see Frenchie and the ginger? Are you going to see the ginger and the fucker? That's, uh, the very, that's a, it's a very open shot there. That's, I do think there are tag team title implications in this match, just like we said, who's getting those title shots. But I think it's also very interesting that this, this is one of those other stories that it's, it's been going on even kind of semi before last year at Absolution, you know, when Jock used to be friends. It's been going on way before that. Yeah, when Jock used to be friends with the submission squad and they, they had each other's back up until last year at Absolution. When the whole match happened with the Duke, we, we didn't see the submission squad come out and help. They, they got beat by the Latin crime syndicate and they stuck their tails in between their legs and walked away. 
So Jock said, fuck you guys, and he moved on. So now he's in this tag team with Marion Fontaine and now Tracy Smother, which technically, I look at all three of them as old school express. It's just a perfect fit with all of them. That's true. It very much so is. And we got to mention, this is a bunk house brawl, and the Mission Squad have been on a roll lately. Um, True. They had that over a year without a single loss. Six and in a row. It's, in like a row. You, it's like you said, they have not got the title shot. And this is, really, if they win here, they, they I would think they would get it. I I would expect them to get it. So my question to you is, who you see winning this? Ah, uh, it's a bunkhouse brawl, and I'm never ch- counting Tracy Smothers out. I'm watching Tracy Smothers since he was in Cleveland All-Pro, because I was poor and I had the poor channels to watch wrestling, not the big channel to watch the big companies. So I've watched Tracy Smothers since since he was back when he was the Cleveland All-Pro champion. I am not counting Tracy Smothers out of anything. So my choice is the old school Express and Tracy Smothers. I'm agreeing with Old School Express versus um, and Tracy Smothers to pick up this win. I, I could very well see the Smith Scott winning, but the Old School Express as a whole have come up on the short end of the stick no matter who they have plugged into the, into the spot, even when they had Cole Cabana as a third man going up against the whole submission squad. They even, they, found, they even lost there. So now you got Tracy Smothers, one of the best of the best. This chemistry is really old school, and I, I see it happening. That's, I, Tracy Smothers, Cole Cabana is no Tracy Smothers. I said it. I said it. And Colt, you can get a hold of him for, for that, not me. Thanks. <laughs> and, you know, while we're talking about tag team, let's talk about this other tag team match. The Jollyville Fuckets versus the Sex Bombs. The return of Matt Fitchett. My favorite match on the card. By far, if you look on my Twitter, I asked Thornton Biggins before this match was announced. I said, hey, I want to see Sex Bombs versus... Uh, there's the Jollyville Fuckets. And they were like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, what's that supposed to mean? And here we go. Sexual Bounce and Jollyville Fuckets. I am so excited. Matt Fitchett, David Vega, love that guy. Nasty, Nasty Nate Ross, that, cannon, that cannonball is the most disgusting wrestling move I've ever seen in my life. Like, how you do that, how you don't hurt yourself, hurt anybody else, how you don't die, how other people don't die, I don't understand. And T-Money's pounce on Beta Scott was one of the highlight moments of j for everybody. Those guys, those four are going to tear the house down easily, in my opinion. Like, oh, could easily steal a night and be match of the night. There's two tag teams for the past year I've I've been wanting to see again. One being the Sex Bombs, the other one being Arrowhorn. And the fact that we are seeing Matt Fitchett back in the ring, back in AIW, going up against Jollyville Fuckets, like, I'm I'm just, for some reason, I'm just not 100% sold on the Jollyville Fuckets. I was kind of the same way with Ethan Page, but I warmed up to him a little bit quicker. I, I don't know. I think it's because uh, T-Money, and I've, I've said it a couple times before, he looks like a smaller version of Uha Nation, and I call him Uha County. Yeah, I've heard you. I laugh. But but in this one, I'm I have to go the sex bombs. Really, nothing against Jolly Fuck. Cause I've, I've, I warmed up. I have warmed up a little bit more than them. I mean, because of the jailet. But I think the, the sex bombs. They're back. The sex bombs are fucking back. Yes, very much so. And you know what? I'm giving it sex bombs too. But the real winner, the fans. I'm telling you, that thing's gonna easily steal the show. Those guys are gonna go out there. Like you said, you're not completely sold on Jollyville Fuckets. I think there's other people out there too. I think this match is gonna turn everybody's heads about the Jollyville Fuckets, and I think that uh, the Sex Bombs are they're gonna want to prove that they're still one of the top tag teams in AIW, and there's gonna be a lot through the both teams, and it's just gonna blow minds. Agreed. Um, and speaking of the tag team that I mentioned, Aeroform, even though they're not back together, hashtag where it's flip. We'll go into Lewis Linden versus ACH. Lewis Linden, 
who has been on his singles run in AIW for almost, or actually about a year now, over a year now. And he is, for a while, he had yet to come up with a win up until a couple events ago. Damn, it feels good to be gangsta. And he won the, the match he had that night beating ACH, and that has put ACH in a bad mood. And these two have been at each other since. And I'm not really happy with each other. And, and I think this is one. This is kind of one that is definitely flying under the radar. I think a, a lot of people aren't really sold on Lewis Linden. I think because probably some of them still look ahead of him as half of Aeroform, and when half when you're when you're the single guy who's really a part of a tag team, people just just aren't sold on you. And I think this is his test up against ACH, who came out of freaking the entrance way the first time in AIW, and since then is just gained respect and everything from, from the fans and the wrestlers. If people love ACH, people all the money on ACH, all the money. <laughs> is that that who you're picking? Every, every every show, he hasn't been winning at all. I've been telling him I've been betting all my money on him. He keeps losing. I keep having to put mortgages on things. Got to get new loans. All the money on ACH every time. I'm picking him, but I have to say, Louis Linden, phenomenal. And you want to know what I think? People aren't sold on him anymore. Lost the Astro. I think that's what happened. He lost the Astro, and I think people kind of like were like, hey. What happened? Your hair doesn't look as cool anymore. I think hair has a lot to do with it. You know, it, it could be the hair, but I, I'm going to stick with Lewis Linden because he has been on, he's had that role a little bit, and I think he's still kind of fresh off that. So I see him winning. I mean, even though he, he did lose in the tournament, I see this carrying on. And really, part of me doesn't see this ending here. I, I kind of see another match coming down the road, maybe at uh, the next event, Gleaming Into the Cube or something. Gleaming Into the Cube. It's a great movie. Check Gleaming it out. Gleaming the Cube. Yeah, I need to. That's. I was like, I've never heard of that movie. It's it's ridiculously eighties <laughs> and like early nineties. It's it's a skateboarding movie that's just radicals and totalies everywhere. Yeah, probably really not my cup of tea. I mean, like skateboard wise, but I could probably get into the movie. But I mean, that's why I'm not like, oh yeah, gleaming the gleaming the cube. Ah, it's definitely possible. But I'm picking Lewis Linden. You're picking ACH. Let's move on to the Cleveland Tag Team Legends. Youth in Asia. I thought you were talking about Nixon. <laughs> I thought they were the tag team legends, the Cleveland tag team legends. Because they'll, they'll let you believe them. Well, I, I think for that, I mean, just finish it. It's, you know, M-Dog, Matt Cross, Josh Prohibition versus Ricky Shane Page and Bobby Beverly of Hashtag Nixon, which I like do like now that it's officially Hashtag Nixon, not just Nixon. But really, I was, I was it, wondering when that change happened. I, it, I, I didn't get the memo on it. They said hashtag. I was like, when did it become a hashtag? And I asked Duke and told me to shut up. And I was like, whatever, Duke. <laughs> I perfectly agree. I I did the same thing. I said, okay, I guess we're hashtag Nixon now. That's perfectly fine. And now that you can use hashtags on Facebook, it doesn't look as dumb. But really, when you when you were saying that the tag team legends was Nixon, I mean, I would believe that if it was Bobby Beverly and Eric Ryan. The well, they they are a tag team with history. We did see them reform the Young Studs. We did see it happen. I I I say this. You say M Dog Twenty, Matt Cross, and Josh Prohibition are the Cleveland tag team legends. I will put it, I'll put this down. I have watched a few of the episodes. I haven't seen every absolution since it started. I've seen a, a, a couple of episodes, and I'll say that Bobby Beverly and Ricky Shane Page are definitely the legends of absolution as a tag team. Some amazing matches, especially out of Ricky, just like last year with him versus Thorne, just the guy can go. And I think that that's what this match is going to be the legends of Asso versus the legends of Cleveland. Even just calling them the 
the legends of Abso, I, I would have to even agree, especially with last year. I had a friend who didn't go to Absolution, and he wanted me to send him results. But the one thing he kept asking in between matches, what was it, what's this wake-up thing? Have they had revealed wake-up yet? And I'm like, no, dude, nothing. And at the end of the night, when that happened, when the lights went out, we seen the, the YouTube films over again, and they came out in the mask. It was like, what is going on? And then one by one, when they revealed themselves, it was literally one of the few times I've walked out of a wrestling event and said, I want to go back. I want, yeah. like, I want the next show to start in five minutes i want to see what happened just now because nobody knew what happened and i think that was the beauty behind it like it immediately made me want to go back even though aiw wouldn't talk about it i'm just like i gotta know more i, I want to see what happens yeah it was, it was definitely one of those things it's one of those angles where just like it happens and as a wrestling fan that's what we love we like we like things that come out of the right field and that's one of those things that just like i mean especially because i wasn't a huge like i said i not that i didn't know who he was but i was last year was maybe like i was a few shows that are really getting into him and chris dickinson showed up and i asked Adam again, who's in essence, who's that dude? Because it's Chris Dickinson at Absolution 5, which I randomly ended up going to because Daniel Bryan was on the show. I went, and I remember them saying, Chris Dickinson's not here to defend his title. We're stripping him of a title. And I was like, oh, I know who that dude is. And I was like, I was there the day he got fired, pretty much. Now I'm here the day he's back. This is crazy. And it's just random. And it just it was one of those things that just blew up. And I think Nixon, nothing but momentum. Just carry through. And this is just a very much an old school versus new school. We we know what euthanasia can do. They have the history. They're legends, like we said in Cleveland. Nixon, like I do agree, agree with what you said, the legends of absolution. And the thing you always got to remember, too, with this match, the Duke will be ringside. We have yet to hear more from Chest Flexer, where he will play in all this. I think, in between this match and the, the title match, I'm going... I, I agree. I'm going with Nixon. And a lot of times I go for Nixon, it's just because of the Duke. The Duke is all they need. I, I do enjoy Duke, but if this if it comes down to a fight, I'll give you Nixon. But if it stays a wrestling match, M-Dog 20 and Josh Prohibition are winning it all. If it stays a wrestling match, M-Dog that 20, if it becomes a brawl like you did at Gangster, there's no way that it's not going to end the way it ended. It's, it, it's going to Nixon if it becomes a brawl. And you got, kind of got to wonder here, if these two win, does that mean they're in line for a title, tag team title shot? That's a great question. I mean, it it comes down to that a lot lately. It's that, Like you said, you think it's one procedure title, it makes sense. I mean, look at the tag division, it's just that. I've, I've said it many times before, people want to bitch about WWE and TNA and their lack of tag team division. I go, and women's division, slash knockout, whatever you want, divas. Yeah. I'm like, I get ample from AIW. I don't care. That's exactly how it is. I think it's it's like the best way we go, the best company outside of, out of any of the indies, by far the best company. And you mentioned Chris Dickinson. Let's get into this match, the intense title match, a belt we haven't seen defended in, uh, I believe, a year at the last absolution. Yep. A no disqualification, there must be a winner, the intense champion, B.J. Whitmer versus Chris Dickinson. And not to mention, like we said, it's been going on for a year uh, since he has defended the title. This feud has gone on for a year since the reveal of Nixon. And we finally get B.J. Whitmer, Chris Dickinson, no DQ, there must be a winner for the intense title. Another match I'm really looking forward to, and if I'm going to pick a winner, I'm just going to throw this out before we get into anything more. I'm picking Chris Dickinson because Chris Dickinson is hungry. Chris Dickinson is a madman. And I'm not taking any of that away from B.J. Whitmer, but Chris Dickinson is crazy. I I have said to multiple people on multiple occasions, 
if there's one professional wrestler I do not want to run into on a bad day, in a dark alley, it's Chris Dickinson. Chris Dickinson legitimately terrifies me. And then Eddie Kingston is a close second. But Chris Dickinson will murder somebody to win a match. Just shoot murder somebody if that's what it takes. If he, if he wants to win that match, he will murder somebody to win it. And I hope he doesn't kill B.J. Whitmer, but I mean, B.J. Whitmer will hold on and do what he does. He's a crappy veteran. He's been around for a while. ROH, everything. He's done it all. And I just, I, Chris Dickinson will murder B.J. Whitmer if that's what it takes. And Chris Dickinson will walk out with some new hardware in the intense title. That's how I see it going down. I perfectly agree with you, and I think I think this match, if I'm going to rank them, I think this should be close to main event. I don't think, Definitely. obviously not the main event, and I, be, I do believe you're going to want to keep Dunstan Hutter close to the top two, but I, I think two away from the main event. I, and, I and no, that's what I'm saying. When we were talking earlier about Gargano and uh, Cage, where it's going to land on the card, that's Gargano's, he'd be the fourth match. If that's how we're stopping it, Gargano would be the fourth match. That's how stacked this card is. I just want to point that out. But yeah, definitely one of the last of the matches should be Dickerson Whitman. And moving on to the next match, which I don't think anyone's seen coming to happen in a match, but we get Michael Elgin versus Josh Alexander going into JLIP. Michael Elgin didn't even have a win in AIW, but he managed to get himself to the finals. And in his path was Josh Alexander, who had the direct opposite story. Since he walked into AIW, he has been nothing but dominant, nothing but winning in singles matches. So you would just figure he was going to do the same thing in the JLIP. But obviously, it's like we said, he got injured and it affected him, especially in day two, first he had Marion Fontaine. He was able to get through that match very easily, but Michael Elgin is no Marion Fontaine. Yeah, Michael, That's and, very true. Marion Fontaine is no Mike Elgin. It's just you're not going to be able to take Elgin as lightly. So what happened? Elgin, being being the friend of Josh Alexander, told him, you know, we can we can we can just end this you know and, and everything be fine you go you go rest and i move on to the next round you know josh didn't want that so elgin said fine beat him right there and then got the win he, he certainly did say fine it's, it's an understatement he's like all right and I, disgusting and what we seen out of that was after the match michael elgin challenged josh alexander for a real match, a match that there's no one's going to be injured and they'll be able to fight on equal grounds. And here we are, Absolution, Michael Elgin, Josh Alexander. Who the hell do you pick in this match? That's, that is the biggest question. This, to me, is the hardest match to call because, like you said, Elgin had no wins going into jail, picked up the momentum, and with one loss, Josh Alexander lost all the momentum he's been building up since he debuted. I mean non-stop win since he debuted and just lost everything with one loss. And, I mean, he wasn't 100%. We know that. Michael Elgin said it's going to be the best fucking wrestling match, that's a quote, that we've ever seen. I do not disagree with the man because he's scary and he already kind of will beat my ass, so I'm already kind of scared of him. So we'll just, we'll stick with, I'm, it, it's going to be one of those matches where just, it's going to be like him versus DJ. Like, that match is just a clinic. And I'm going to, I figure it's going to be the same exact type of clinic, but because Alexander's younger than DJ, I think it's just going to be one of those like it's going to be I, I don't know it's going to be a it's going to be one of those matches where everything comes together perfectly. I think those two are going to put on a hell of a show, and I I see Alexander coming out on top because I don't see Alexander losing two matches in a row. I, I agree with you, and I think one thing too about Elgin is he has yet to put together a boring match in AIW. And one thing I think a lot of people need to understand, I think if you watch some of the DVDs. If you watch some of his matches, I mean, some us fans, we're not, we might not be as into it, like on our feet and everything, but I think it's because Elgin normally brings you 
fantastic wrestling. And part of the way to enjoy it is to kind of pull, pull a Jap- Japanese. Sit down and enjoy mm-hmm. it. And and he Elgin definitely does that. That's, uh, I I've been I was reading actually my my favorite thing I ever read. Well, two things I read. I read one time like when I first started getting into AIW, I was kind of reading more about it. And people were saying that the Cleveland AIW crowd is one of the most disrespectful. Like they're never into anything. They don't get into matches. Which if you're there, it's completely different than watching on a TV. Like we don't just sit there and let shit happen and sit there and go, oh yeah, that was cool. We, and like you said, with a match like a, like a BJ reverse song, uh, uh, Michael Elgin or um, uh, any of, like when we bring in like John, like Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano, we weren't necessarily on our feet for that match that Jay lit, but we were sitting there watching that match. We like to watch wrestling. We're wrestling fans. We're not there to freak out. We do, but I, I think that's a lot of people misconceive that about AIW and our fan, and all of us fans. And I think if you go to an AIW show, it definitely is a different feel than what you get on those DVDs and what you get in those clips online. We're definitely different than people think we are. And my secondary thing I ever heard was during Girls Night Out on the last iTape review, a couple people online were talking about how some of us are a little disrespectful towards people and we should keep our mouths shut, mostly about Beta being a whore. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just saying. We chant it. We control it. I'm just saying. And people were saying it's disrespectful, but I think that that's, that's part of the, of the game, and I think that AAW fans were called disrespectful, and I think that's awesome. I love being the disrespectful, annoying crowd that nobody likes. We're just, we're, we're, I'm sorry, we're a heel crowd, I guess. You know what I, I've always said to root for whoever you want. I've heard a lot of some people actually have the belief that you need to root for the the faces, no matter what your your preference is, because that that can take away from from the product. I, I personally don't don't buy into that. I believe root for whoever you want because it's how you actually feel. Don't don't buy into any type of propaganda like that. But it's funny that you mention about how other people say um, now friends of the show. Uh, Uncle Mike and Tom. I was listening to one of their reviews as they were coming back from an AIW show. And they were they were talking about AIW fans and how we were, and I as soon as I heard it, I kind of I started recording my next episode, and I I basically kind of what I felt was like setting them straight. I'm like, look, and this is how we are as the fans, blah 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 blah. Well, it turns out which we do have that we do have this, we do have bad fans in, in the crowd. There are fans that I have heard, like I remember when it was Dickinson versus Tremont. We're always talking about like, oh, you're gonna suck his dick. It was like everything like dick related, very uh, gay undertone, homosexual undertone. It's like, what are you getting out of this? I mean, there's some people. I mean, some some kind of like some drunk assholes that do ruin the product for people. And I think fans outside of AIW need to realize what what kind of crowd we are. Granted, we have those bad ones, but do we do we chant some things to them? Yeah, that are kind of messed up. Of course we do. That's really how we are. But I, one thing that always, always got gets me is the people that get most offended by what happens in the AIW ring are the fans that don't show up to the show. I've oh. heard, I heard a wrestler at one point who works around the Columbus area heard about the whole thing that happened when Greg came out and he, he, his throat wasn't feeling too good and he said he had throat cancer and ah. he, he got all up in arms talking a bunch of shit saying Greg can't be a heel he needs to stick to his petition and that was disrespectful to JT Lightning and blah 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 but it's like you weren't at the show you obviously aren't getting it you going to say all this stuff, but if, if anyone's going to, like, especially if you're, you're going to bring up JT Lightning, I figured his family would, and, and nothing was said, everything, nothing, there, there, nope, yeah, nothing there, that I know. Yeah, so exactly. So I've always said, if you're not at the shows, shut up. Yeah, and you know what? 
you said that the ones who scream out dick jokes and stuff are the problem. I don't think that's the problem with the AW crowd. The problem is, is and anybody who's at a show can say it, there's three sides to that crowd. <laughs> One of those sides, I'm not saying which side it is, my side mm-hmm. is extremely loud the entire time. I, hey. I've lost my voice at every AW show I've ever gone to, and I've blown it out every time there's a J-Lit, and I have to blow my voice out twice in a row, and I blow it out, and I don't have, I don't have a voice until Wednesday, the week after J-Lit. Then there's the other side of the crowd, your side of the crowd, that, you know, you guys get into it. I'm not saying you're not, but I think a lot there, too, it's a lot of the people who are behind you are those people who kind of came in a little late, so they're just sitting down trying to find a place to seat really quick. Yeah. And then there's the other side. Especially with with my side, the one one of the one of the problems is too. I've had it where if you stand up too long, it's please sit down. Will you please sit yeah, down. And I can't, that I, makes sense. I can't stand up for too long, especially too that I know the cameras to my back. I don't want to. I know I don't want to ruin shots, but I think one thing that gets me is that maybe I'm not as into it is because I'm live tweeting. And that, trust me, that's everything too. That entire side, it's I mean, it's you guys. It's all of you guys do things for not like work for the company, like your live tweeting, uh, tuning does her thing with the company. Everybody on that side has something. But like I said, that other side, the bar side, the other side I'm talking about, that side you couldn't you couldn't make them up if you had a air raid siren. I don't know why they don't do anything, and that's. At point break, when Adam wasn't there, and that made one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life, that crowd. I was screaming at them to actually do something. I was, I don't remember not, during the Chuck taylor Davey Vega match, I was chanting for both of them, because nobody was doing anything. <laughs> it just, it, it was just, like, to me, like, if you don't have the right people there, it's just that if you don't have the right people on my side, on our side, on your side even, and you're basically just hoping that, like, the four or five people there who go there and voice themselves and try to get things Excited of those four or five people there, you're you have nobody on your side. But anyways, let's get back to that solution. Stop talking about us. I mean, we're awesome. Um, I was gonna throw out there. I mean, I think it's with you know you guys. Um, especially with La- you get Laporta and Karyotakis together, it's it's you're gonna it's, see some mayhem and you're gonna see some great shit. It's dangerous, and that's the first time I sat next to them in an AW crowd. So I met Laporta randomly at a bar and we started talking about it, and I knew who he was. He told me, and we figured out we knew each other through people. And the first time I sat next to them, I dare anybody to sit next to Justin Karyotakis and not just laugh the entire time, because that kid the entire time is just commenting smallly, just little things. He doesn't say them all out loud. Some of the things he says are just spot on hilarious, and I, just the entire side of the crowd to me is just characters beginning to end. And I, I think if a great way to transition, you want to talk about people getting into wrestlers and chants. Let's get into the return of Michael Hutter, aka WWE's Derek Bateman, the deviant Michael Hutter, going up against Tim Effin Donst. Tim fucking Donst, Justin Summers. Tim fucking Donst. And, I know you know about Tim Dance. Oh, and Tim Dance knows about me. Tim Dance, actually, during the clip that we played before this, I was live in the chat room when that happened. I was... I hate Tim Dance. I do. I really don't know what it is. But when at the jailet, when I was the only one there, and I, I know there's a few other people that do like to chant that he sucks too. But I was the only one. But he knew I was there. He knew I was there day one, and he knew I was there day two. And he made sure to point me out and Dance. If you're listening, thank you. But you still suck. You can complain about Derek Bateman and how there's not going to be catering there for him, and he, he's got to step up. 
I don't care if I have to bring catering for Derek. Well, Michael Hutter, got to get over that slave name of Derek Bateman. <laughs> but I will bring it just so he is in the right shape to beat you, Tim Donce. So I am going with Michael Hutter. No ifs, ands, or buts about it because Tim fucking Donce sucks. That's, that's some pretty strong words. And let me tell you this. I've seen some deviant matches. I've seen some Derek Bateman matches. I've done my research. I'm a wrestling fan again. I've I may have just gotten into AW, but I have some DVDs that are older. I've watched some of the older stuff. I've seen some of the older matches. I've seen the older clips. The Deviant is a much different person than Derek Bateman, and I think that that's that's what we're gonna have to see is the Deviant still alive. Because if Derek Bateman's still alive, he has to work on Chicks in America, whereas Tim Dance is the epitome of Chicks in America. And I, I see Tim Downs winning if the Deviant doesn't show up. And if the Deviant shows up, it's going to be a fight. And Tim Downs is a mat technician. Last at Jaylet against Mickey Knuckles, he proved that he has a fire. I see Tim Downs winning it. Michael Hutter, the Deviant, he will be back. We'll see what happens. He might get a shot against Data. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But I see Tim Downs winning it all because he's Tim fucking Downs. Despite what you say, he's Tim fucking done. And I think that really adds to the beauty of the match. Even though I hate Tim effing Donst sucks. But it is definitely one of the high points I'm looking for. I, I think there's nothing much that can be said that we haven't already said, and there wasn't much said about it. And I think that's that's the thing. I mean, I mean, granted, I would love to have seen Tim Donst versus Eddie Kingston, but no, we're getting Tim Donst versus Michael Hutter. Fine, so be but will we? That's will we see Eddie Kingston at at Absolution? What if, what if Eddie Kingston buys tickets shows up? What happens? He's not booked. I, I, I haven't heard anything about Eddie Kingston doing anything. Chikara's gone, so we know Eddie Kingston's got nothing to do. Will we see the grand champion? What if he shows up? What happens then? One, I don't know. I just thought about it. I don't know. One could only hope. Uh, if, if, it if Eddie just... Kingston shows up, then everybody dies. I, Tracy Smothers may say everybody dies. If Eddie Kingston shows up after seeing him, the way he left, and the crow he cut, and the shit that he threw, and the way he destroyed everybody, I everybody dies if Eddie Kingston shows up. He's he is the second wrestler that I would not want to get into a, into a dark alley on a bad day with. Those Chris Dickinson and Eddie Kingston, terrifying. I think the, one of the, my favorite things about AIW, on top of the many other things that I love about AIW, is surprises. They yeah. are the kings of surprises. I love it when they say it's going to be this person versus a mystery opponent, because then it's really like, who the hell is going to be this? Who who the hell is going to be? And we it could, is a mystery opponent every time. And we could very much see that. I mean, we could see that happen. I mean, it happens. I'm going to go crazy. Because obviously, if we see the grand champ, we're going to see Tim fucking Donst lose. Win win. Hey, I, I'm not saying that much. I'm just saying that if Eddie Kingston shows up, everybody dies. There's going to be, between Tracy Smothers, Eddie Kingston, and Chris Dickinson, there's somebody's going to die. If Eddie, if Eddie Kingston shows up, somebody will die. High probability. Agreed. And we are down to the, the main event. What I'm guessing is the main event because it is the absolute title match. Eric Ryan will defend the absolute title up against none other than the winner of the gauntlet for the gold, Colin Delaney, with your favorite in his Steve, corner. Um, we're, we have we have a couple of kinks in our relationship right now we're trying to work out. But yes, he and Silesia, you know, he's got a thing going on. <laughs> There's just a lot to look for. The only thing is that I look at this is Silesia is a bad luck charm. Uh, you could put it that way. You could you could you could see it that way. I don't know. She's uh, she's she's. I mean, Ethan Page was losing when Silesia was with him. I don't want to call her a bad luck charm. 
I would say she doesn't know where or when to put her face by somebody's foot. She gets kicked in the face a lot. A whole lot. I think it's because she's Canadian. It's probably because she's Canadian. And and she's used to being more north than she is now. Well, I mean, when she comes to Cleveland. And, and and the, there's the money currency difference and the the south and there's loonies and then they have different type of ducks I think they have mooses moose moose they have moose mooses you don't have like moose, maybe moose mooses I don't know mooses, I, I don't know yeah but no it could be because she's Canadian that she gets in the face a lot I'm not 100 sure but she is like you said she is with Colin Delaney now her and Colin Delaney do what they're doing and then you got Eric Ryan who is the absolute champion has been the absolute champion for quite some time. Now he lost it after that solution, regained it after beating Tim fucking Downs. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a good match. I'm I I I I love Colin Delaney. Colin Delaney inside the ring, amazing worker. Outside of the ring, the nicest dude you could talk to. Colin Delaney can't say a bad word about the guy. That's that's how I feel about it. I've I've barely interacted with Eric Ryan, so Eric Ryan is definitely one of my favorite wrestlers after he slashed tackle at point break. That was that's one of the highlight points of my life. But I, I actually I am saying Colin Delaney, and then as I said earlier, Ethan Page has a bank shot, and I think that after more of those two are going to go through, Ethan Page is going to he's going to stick it to Sleazyville one last time to get that title back or get that title and take it home take it home to Canada with him, and Sleazy can just walk back and he'll he'll drive back. I 100% agree with you because that is exactly what I thought at the same time too because there is history there with Colin Delaney and Ethan Page. And what better way, we'll, we'll get that moment where Colin Delaney is finally the AIW absolute champion. He's worn out from the hell that Eric Ryan will have put him through. But out will come a slightly fresh because he's going to still have that match earlier in the night whether he wins or loses. He's going to come out. Like you said, who knows where that match is going to be? So he, but basically, he comes out win or lose and says, "I want my title shot now." And what better way to celebrate two events in a row with Ethan Page with his hand held high, and you know he's going to do it for The Rock. He did it for The Rock. He did it for the people. That's that. Just for the Myers, for the Johnson family. That man, Ethan Page, is a he's he's a giver. Ethan Page, that man, I'm just saying. You know who needs to follow Ethan Page on Twitter? Taco Bell. (laughs) I don't think there's a better spokesman for Taco Bell than Ethan Page. I think that somebody needs to get that to happen. I I, I love me some Ethan Page. I love me some Taco Bell. That's a match. I think at the same time... You have the champion and Taco Bell. I think at the same time, if anybody's going to sponsor an AIW wrestler besides Taco Bell and Ethan Page... We need to have a sponsor for Silesia. And I'm saying it's going to be Tim Hortons can sponsor Silesia's ass. (laughs) You know, I would agree with you because I don't think it's donuts that made the ass look that way. It's a lot of weight. That bitch can squat. And she has she has a torn she had a torn knee and she can squat. She's she's a terrifying woman. Terrifying woman. But I feel like since she is so Canadian, Tim Horton is the only real sponsor. I can't disagree with you on that. The only real sponsor you could give Sleazy as far as I'm 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 pretty sure Tim Hortons would be all the boot that ass. That's who wouldn't? <laughs> Everybody seems to want a piece of it, from what I can tell. I think that I think that every single 
every single AEW, even Thorn. Everybody, everyone keeps that. Everybody keeps going for it. Let's 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 not talk about Thorn and and the ladies he's been with because hey, I don't want true. I don't I don't want to get negative press for this show about the, the the women he's been with and whatnot and the bloggers like the tap 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 away and probably by oh. the time we walk out to our cars for absolution there are going to be five blogs up about such a horrible person John Thorne is. That's true. You know, I, I'm not going to say exactly what's on this list, but I can say the list, I believe he said the number's 37. That's, that's all I will say about a list. It's not the list of the, it's not the infamous list. There's another list, and I believe it's 37. And he'll probably kick my ass for saying that, but I believe he said it was 37. It might have been 39, but I'm pretty sure it's 37. Damn. But we're not going to talk about that list. I don't, I don't need to get in any trouble with John Thorne. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, guess, I'm, I'm guessing there's two lists. And, I mean, they have different meanings, so we'll not get into which list is which. That's true. I'm not saying which list is which list, but there's a list where there's, the number is 37, I believe, is what the count was. Hell, it might, it might even be a grocery list that they need for this. <laughs> I mean, lists well, list are a different story. But there we have it. The whole Absolution card, and no, no matter what, we're not going to be able to do this, this event justice. And the lucky thing is, even if you can't show up to the event live at Turner's Hall Sunday, June 30th, you can still buy it on iPay-Per-View, Smartmark Video, smvod.com. Pretty sure it's only 15 bucks. And Yeah, it's 15 bucks. It's 14.99, so it's even less than 15 bucks. Plus, I believe, and this is, I, I believe this is how all of their uh, pay-per-views work. Once you buy it, two days later, it's yours. You can rewatch it over and over again. So it's like buying a DVD. So if you're going to wait to buy the DVD, there's no reason to not. The DVD is going to cost you twenty bucks, fifteen bucks, twenty bucks anyway. It's all shipping. Why not just get it on pay-per-view? Help out AIW and do your thing. Watch it then. If you can't watch it then, you're going to get the copy two days later. It's quicker than it'll come on DVD. I mean, I see no reason why you shouldn't buy it on iPay. You're not going to be there. But I would suggest if you are within even four hours of Cleveland, Ohio, it's worth the drive to come to Absolution and come to an AIW show. And come yeah, to the cookout. Next year, come to tailgating. Tailgating. Yes. Again, yeah, tailgating this is show. I don't know how many more I'm going to do for. Last show was a little, little lackluster. For the J-Lit, it was just because it was a Friday, and it was a Friday afternoon, a lot of people had to work, a lot of people had school, but this one, so far, it seems like there's going to be a lot more people there. I'll be there throwing some grills, throwing some burgers on the grill, throwing some dogs on the grill, hang out, you never know who's going to show up. Gargano was hanging out with us last time. I mean, you just never know what's going to happen. Say I love you, so we do. It's just, you never know. I mean, I 100% agree with you, especially with the Friday thing. That was probably one reason. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to be here on a Sunday afternoon, and what, what time were you thinking again for... Um, I believe I'll be there around like 2.30. Um, I think I put 3 o'clock on the actual event. If you find me on Facebook, Austin Alberti, or on Twitter, at Rev Timpton, um, you can find me on there. And I know I've posted the event. I'm going to be posting it leading up to the event. I'm about to tweet out a couple things. I'm going to tweet out this podcast. I'm going to tweet out the link to the SmartMark video on demand. I'm going to tweet out the link to other... I, I'm just going to put what I can into it because, like you said, you do it for free. I do it for free. The fans believe in... It's a pure do-it-yourself company. There's nothing else behind it besides the fans and them. I believe in that. That's something I thoroughly believe in. And the thing that people need to realize, too, is we love AIW so much. And we're not paid to do this, especially me. I mean, technically, I mean, I've gotten uh, I've gotten money from them from winning the, the Gauntlet for the Gold, and I got the, I'm going to get the free DVDs for the Jaylen. I got this ticket free, but I earn those, and we do we do this. I do this. He's on here for this. Like it's completely 
our dedication to AIW. Nobody, like I said, nobody's paying us. I'm actually paying to do this. That's, that's just crazy. Like I, I left work early today because he said, "Hey, I need somebody for the podcast." Again. I was like, "I'm totally down." I went to my boss and said, "Hey, go if I pop out." Yeah, I was like, "Get some stuff to do later." He's like, "What's wrong? I left work. I, I missed out on money. It's what we do for the company." Definitely, Dustin. Thank you for coming on. It's been a been a pleasure. And you throw out any last minute plugs you want to do? Um. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I know I'm no favorite guy, but I'm just about as good looking as just about. And uh, you know, uh, follow me on Twitter at Revkinton, R-E-V, like Revkinton, like Revkinton or Revkinton. Uh, find me on Facebook, that's no baby. I'd pretty much have anybody. I always post fun things. Like, you want to know anything about AIW, if you want to know what John Thorne is partying and making fun of my cars, that's pretty much all you're going to get from partying. That's all I really ever do. And like I said, thank you for coming on. And quick to this video message. Here I sit with my tag team partner. She's beautiful, she's sparkly, has a little bit of a shimmer to her. That's right here over my shoulder. Who am I? I'm the absolute intense tag team champion. Who am I? I'm a man that has a limit to put on him. AIW management and AIW fans think they can put a limit on me. You see, you people boo me and you think that's the end. But for me, it's the beginning. See, I'm a guy who likes to step on cracks. I go against the odds. You boo me because I found success. You boo me because I've lived a dream that you'll never live. I've reached peaks you'll never reach and worlds you'll never conquer. Every wrestler on the AIW roster doesn't respect me. Why? Because I work ten times harder than all of them. They're living off my blood, my sweat, but I'm not shedding no tears. I take pride in working harder than any other man in this business. And you fans look at me and say, oh, Gregory Iron, you can't have a four count. It puts you at an advantage. What about all those guys who have advantages over me since birth? Bigger than me, stronger than me, faster than me. Who am I? action tank that saves your life. I can be your life preserver. But if you're not careful, I can be a hand grenade or a straight razor. Who am I? I'm the best.
And that was Gregory Iron talking about who Gregory Iron is. But let's go over this card just one more time. And I'm sorry this show is winding up to be very, very long. But we are talking about AIW Absolution A live on iPay-Per-View on SMVD.com this Sunday, June 30th, 6.30 p.m. bell time. And that is at the lovely kind of... Turner's Hall, 7325 Guthrie Avenue, Cleveland, Ohio. All tickets are just $15 first come, first serve. Get them online now before they take them off. And online pre-sales are omitted first. Once again, you will see the Jollyville Fuckets versus the Sex Bombs, the Submission Squad versus Tracy Smothers, and the Old School Express in a bunkhouse brawl. Lewis Linden versus ACH, Michael Elgin versus Josh Alexander, Euthanasia versus Hashtag Nixon, Hope and Change versus the Batiri with Veronica Ticklefeather for the AIW Tag Team Titles in a Titles versus AIW Careers match. Ethan Page versus Johnny Gargano, BJ Whitmer versus Chris Dickinson for the intense title. Title, a no DQ match. There must be a winner. Tim Donst versus Michael Hutter in the AIW Absolute Title match. Eric Ryan defends up against Colin Delaney with Sleazy Sparks in his corner. And AIW doesn't stop there. There has been some things announced about the future. And let's start with August. On August 30th, we will see Gleaming the Cube. Like I said, I don't know the movie references, but the only thing we have announced, we will see the AIW. AIW debut of Mr. Touchdown. And also in the future, we will see on Sunday, October 6th, still in Turner's Hall, Veda Scott versus Allison K at Girls' Night Out 9 and 10, a special double taping of Girls' Night Out with one low price. Obviously, this one will not be on iPay-Per-View. So things are looking very interesting here in the future with AIW. We have this Sunday, Absolution 8. One month from this Sunday, Gleaming the Cube. And October 6th, Girls' Night Out 9 and 10. Pretty much guess we can figure out the rest of the year from there. To give or take, see if they add a event. Who knows? But obviously after that, hell on earth, nightmare before Christmas. Ah, we'll see what happens. I'm really looking forward to Absolution, and I can't wait for it. I hope to see you there. If not, go online, pick this up, order it on iPay-Per-View. You will not be disappointed. $14.99, $15, whatever you want to look at it, it is well worth the price. And that will do things here on the Ohio Indie Report. See you guys at the show, and like how I always end it, that'll do it here for the Ohio Indie Report.
sex was probably in Lord Littlebrook's backseat of his car. While your mom was watching. That's weird. I'm surprised it wasn't Golden Corral. I've done that too. Uh, this is now uh, bachelor number two. Yeah, I mean, as kinky of a guy as I am, I think it really, uh, uh, as a future date, I think it'd be really great to uh, get to do it on top of Eddie Kingston's corpse. So, uh, bachelor number three, same question. Hi, I'm bachelor number three. You seem like you're the normal one. I can't. <laughs> There's no No more questions. Okay, so based off of those five questions and eligible bachelors number one, two, and three dancers, who would you Ha <laughs> ha!